0: Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. We are in for another incredible week. For those of you that are consistent listeners, one, I love you, and two, we have got Brad Bizjack back. And for those of you that don't know who this is, we have been working with him, with my team, all year long. So he's basically like our mindset guru, our mindset coach. He's taking us through all of this incredible content, and he did a bonus workshop with us a couple weeks ago. And since we're just like nearing the end of love month and all that stuff, I'm like, okay, I would love for my listeners to get access to some of this content. And so, of course, I asked him to come back on here so that he could share with us all about love, all about marriage, all about making marriage easy and how it can actually be easy to have a passionate marriage and i was like okay i'm here for this because isn't that what we always want like we didn't get married to just be roommates we got married because we loved our spouse we were like we were infatuated with him like all of those good fun feelings and then life happens and kids happen
1: here in america work is in trouble we've offshored our manufacturing sent away good jobs and lost so much ability to make things
0: and careers happen. And lo and behold, you sometimes find yourself like we are literally just hang out in the same house and we talk to each other and we raise these minions, but where is the passion? And I don't think it needs to be that way. In fact, I know it doesn't because JD and I have been there before. And I promise you we can get out of it because we have. And so when Brad brought this workshop to our team, I'm like, okay, Everybody in the world needs to hear this. So Brad, I just want to like give you as much time as possible to dig into this um, and just give them all your nuggets. Like how do you get there in roommate status? What can we do to get out of it? What are your best tips that are tangible, actionable that we can implement today to spice up our relationships?
2: Let's spice it up. Let's do it. Well, Micah, thank you so much for having me back. I love, 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 love this podcast. And it's so much fun to share this stuff with you guys. Because if you think about it, if your relationship is off in any way, it messes with everything. 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 It messes with your business. It messes with your career. It messes with your finances. It messes with your parenting. It messes with everything. And think about the the byproduct of this. I think we get so caught up in the moment of what's going right and or wrong in in our relationship, that we don't see the consequences or benefits of how we're acting, and if our relationship is in roommate status, what is that teaching our kids? What is that showing them long term? And so, um, what's really interesting to me is that a lot of people come with these great reasons why their relationship is the way it is. Oh, we've had X number of kids, we've had, uh, we've been together this long, and I'm sitting there going, no, that is not why. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is not why. It's, it hasn't been a priority. And today what I'd like to share with you guys is why it tends to get this way, and then what to do about it. So it's not just like leaving you in the dust.
0: <laughs> yes, I love it. Let's dig in.
2: <laughs> Amazing. So two things that I want to bring up before I go into it. One is common objections I get to this topic. And one is no no no, Brad, you don't understand my situation. My situation is harder. And the only response I have to that is, how is that excuse working for you?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, is that actually getting you to the life that you want? Or is it giving you a safe way to avoid taking responsibility and facing what you fear? Right? So that excuse, normally I dive into that in a longer, uh, in a longer fashion. But today, we're just going to say, no, that's not allowed. <laughs> the second thing is, uh, the second objection I get is, you don't understand my spouse. My They're impossible. Oh, my gosh. They're like... No, 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 because everyone is responding to a behavior and you're going to see that today. So relationships don't get into roommate status or drift apart because of a lack of love. They don't like if anyone's in a roommate status, listening to this, uh, you're in love or you wouldn't be in that relationship. They fall apart because of a lack of polarity, which is otherwise known as attraction. Attraction is what brings that fire to a relationship, that passion, that intimacy to a relationship. But if there's only love in a marriage, then it's recipes for roommates. And that's not fun. You don't want just roommates. You want it to be electric. Like you want to be like bunnies when you're 85 years old, right? That's what you're looking for. You want to be passionate. You want to be alive. You want to just be so energetic with each other. And I've noticed this in my relationship where the longer I've been married, the more exciting it's been. And because I'm applying what we taught, what we're gonna talk about today. Love so relationships don't drift into roommate status because of a lack of love. They drift into it because of a lack of attraction, otherwise known as polarity. So think about it like magnets. If you have magnets that are the exact same pole going against each other, they'll repel. Same thing here. Well, in polarity, in relationships, there's energies, and these energies are known as masculine versus feminine energies. And every single person has both. I have a very developed feminine, but my core is very masculine. Like who I am at the root of me is masculine, but I've also developed my feminine throughout the years. I work with mostly women. I have no idea how that happened, but (laughs) but I work with mostly women. I've been able to develop uh, a really strong feminine energy. And so as I go through this, I want you to ask yourself, what's your core? Like not the one that you're conditioned to believe that you need to be. And what do I mean by that? A lot of times, if relationships are off track and they're not going the way that you want it to, a lot of times we compensate with the opposite energy. For example, um, there's clients of mine who have uh, challenges with their spouse, and their spouse is a masculine male, and they're a naturally feminine female. But because the relationship has kind of gone downhill, then the female starts adopting masculine traits to get things done around the house, to make sure everything gets, gets the boxes checked. And so then we have two polar uh, non-polarized energies. We have a not actually masculine female being masculine and an authentically masculine male, and that will repel. And so don't get too caught up in this. Um, This is just speaking in terms of energy. So when I go through this, I'm going to share with you what causes relationships to fall into roommate status or even fall apart. And it has to do with obviously polarity. I'm going to speak to masculine and feminine, but I'm just going to say male and female. And the reason for that is because most of the time, uh, most women are feminine and most men are masculine. Now there are exceptions to this. There are plenty of exceptions to this, but whenever I say this, just go into the energy because you might be, uh, you might be heterosexual and be the opposite energy and that's wonderful there's nothing wrong with that so just when i'm going through this just see what is my core what like who am i when no one else is around when i'm feeling here's a good way to to know what your core is when you feel the most alive and most authentic version of yourself even if it's been a while when you're the most authentic most alive version of yourself are you more masculine or feminine And that will give you the answer to the question. So there's three things that masculine energies do to feminine energies. And there's also three things that feminine energies do to masculine energies that make these relationships go into roommate status and cause a lack of attraction, make that magnetic uh, polarization disappear. So let's start with what, and again, speaking in generalities, there are exceptions. Let's speak first to what the men typically do To the women. And all the ladies that are listening to this are like, yeah, this is right. This is right. This is right. This is right. (laughs) But then wait, because I'm going to get to the crap that you do. And (laughs) you're not off the hook. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not letting you off the hook with this one. So, what do men typically do to women to cause a lack of polarity? It's really, really simple. There's three things. The first is they cause them to feel unseen, unseen. Something to understand is that the feminine energy, and this is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. The feminine energy needs attention. That's how the feminine energy is loved. And there is nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful. I want my wife to want my attention. It's a wonderful thing. But ladies listening to this, aren't you a completely different woman when you're wearing yoga pants versus wearing a cocktail dress? Totally. You are... (laughs) Micah, in in your experience, are you a completely different woman when you're in stilettos versus flip flops?
0: Oh, hundred percent,
2: hundred percent. What what do you feel as like the difference between those?
0: Well, I mean, when you're like dressed up or feeling your best, you are like fierce. You're confident. You're you're just like next level, like that next level version of yourself. And when you're just kind of in your comfies, AKA how I am almost every single day,
2: <laughs> you're
0: like, you know, you're just kind of meh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our line for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, amazing. It's a, it's a completely different feeling when you're dressed to the nines, when you're yeah. feeling alive and ladies, what happens when your partner doesn't notice that? It makes you feel unseen, unappreciated, not beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that will instantly drive down that attraction. It will instantly make it disappear. And so, if there's any gentleman listening to this, you need to notice everything. Yeah, You need to notice everything. Notice if she does that smoky eye look. No, (laughs) That's a thing. I didn't know that. That's a thing. Notice if there's a new pair of turquoise earrings. My wife just got turquoise earrings. Notice if there's a new pair of earrings. Notice if uh, the kitchen is uh, organized in a different way. Notice these things. You have to be on the lookout for these and deem them important because then you're telling your brain what's important to focus on. You're like, oh, I don't notice that stuff. Well, tell yourself to notice that stuff. You need to if you want to have polarity back. So, that's the first thing is that men, masculine energies, typically make the feminine energy feel unseen. And that causes a lack of attraction, makes the female close off. The second thing is when a man makes a woman feel misunderstood, misunderstood, or not understood. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see dudes make, and again, generalities, masculine energy. The biggest mistake I see masculine energy make is that they try to solve a problem versus empathizing and caring. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make because have you guys ever seen the show Parks and Rec? It's it's just a really funny TV show. I used to watch it all the time. And there's a scene when uh, Chris Traeger and his, you'll, if you haven't seen the show, you'll still understand this. what this means in a second. And there's a, a scene where Chris Traeger is dating a girl named Ann Perkins and Ann is pregnant and she's complaining about nipple issues and all these things. <laughs> and Chris goes to the store and buys her all this nipple ointment and this nipple butter and all this stuff to make her nipples better. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're so annoying. Why are you trying to do this? And, and then he learns the hard way that like everyone starts to counsel him and he comes back and he get, he takes their advice and he comes back and she starts complaining about everything. And he just goes, that sucks. Tell me more about that. That sucks. And she's like, Oh, thank you for being so sweet. And, <laughs> and it's, so it's much the, easier too. it's so much easier, way <laughs> easier. Right. So it's all about being there for her in the problem, empathizing with it. And here's the challenge with it. To all the gentlemen out there, it's very easy to want to solve the problem because that is masculine. Masculine men are like, let's go. What's the issue? Let's freaking solve it. Yeah. And ladies on here, if that has been you in your business or your life, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. That's a masculine quality, but you, that's a sign you've developed your masculine, which is great. But the reason I bring this up is that take a look at when a man goes to the mall versus a woman going to the mall. <laughs> just again in general what does a man if you were to draw a diagram of what that experience looks like for a man like a gps tracker what is it he goes right to the directory looks where the pants store is goes right to the pant store buys the exact pair of pants in the exact size checks out and walks right back to the car is that the same experience for a woman oh no no michael what's it like for a woman when you go to the mall
0: I mean, you got to hit up every single store. You're right. You got to make it an experience. You got to, oh. you got to browse. You got to try on the, you went for pants, but you still try on the shirts to go with it and some shoes and some wedges. And, and it's like a whole, a whole situation. It's not it's, just a one-stop
2: shop. <laughs> it's a whole situation, right? Yeah. <laughs> so men want to solve the problem. Gentlemen, listening to this. And ladies, I know that you're going to get your spouse to listen to this. <laughs> Don't solve their problem. Be there for them. Care about them. And Micah, when you feel like JD is there listening to you, caring about you, not just trying to solve, but genuinely hearing you, what do you feel?
0: Connected to him
2: Connected. And,
0: and, and heard and appreciated and just valued.
2: Amazing. That's kind of important if you want intimacy in a relationship. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So because of time, I want to go on to the third thing. And that is when a masculine energy makes a feminine energy feel unsafe, unsafe. These are the three U's, unseen, not understood, and unsafe. And you have to think about this from a general perspective. Think about in most, in most situations, who approaches who? The man approaches the woman, in most situations, not always, but in most situations. And so think about it like this, in history, And I don't mean anything negative by this. Women are prey, right? Men go after to catch their prey. And that sounds way worse than I'm taking it, than I'm meaning it, (laughs) okay? (laughs) I promise you guys, I'm a good guy. (laughs) But the reason I bring this up is because think about dating for a woman. It's like the most unsafe, scary thing you can do like biologically smaller in stature, not able to defend themselves, right? So my whole, as, as much compared to someone that's towering over them, right? Okay. So the reason I bring this up is because if you're in a relationship and your partner makes you feel unsafe, the attraction disappears right away because all of a sudden everything's a threat. I'll give you an yeah. example of this because it doesn't just need to be physical. This is where I mess this up. Um, uh, someone in my family uh, bad mouthed my wife on the internet to like the whole wide world, and wasn't very nice. And I remember saying to my wife, I remember saying, hey, it's okay, hurt people hurt people, like, let's let it go. Like, let's just move on from this. She didn't like that. (laughs) She didn't like that very much. And, and why? Because I didn't make her feel safe when she was attacked in that way. And so once I realized this, I apologized profusely. I was like, I'm so sorry that I made you feel unsafe. I will absolutely say something. I've got your back and instantly polarity restored instantly, but right back. And so gentlemen, you need to make your partner feel safe. Now this isn't very common, but it does happen. Anyways, the reason I bring these three things up is because these are the three things that a masculine energy does to a feminine energy that makes the attraction disappear. And ladies listening to this, leave a comment for Micah if this is true right? It's true. When you feel these three things disappear, you're not as attracted. You're not as open. You're not as loving towards your partner because the polarity disappeared because you have the same magnetic energy. But ladies, there's also three things that you do because you've been sitting here for the last five minutes, 10 minutes going, yeah, he does that. Oh my (laughs) gosh, he does that. (laughs) But there's also three things that you do to your partner that makes polarity disappear. And these are equally as detrimental to the relationship and it makes you go into roommate status. Okay. The first thing that the feminine energy does to the masculine energy that causes polarity to disappear is criticize. <laughs> Micah just smiled <laughs> <laughs> is criticize, Micah, why'd you smile?
0: Oh, cause I mean, That's just such a woman thing to do like nag and put like, just pick out all the little things. And yeah, I can just see that.
2: Yeah. It's super, super common. And that's okay. Right. Because the feminine energy wants attention. So they want things to go a certain way and they want that way to be understood. Now this is so funny because this goes to how we fix it in just a little bit is about giving. And we'll talk about that more more in just a little bit. But when a feminine energy criticizes a masculine energy, it makes them feel so bad because men want to be your hero. They're like the biggest insecurity of a guy or a masculine energy is not being able to provide That's They did studies on this. This isn't just my opinion. The biggest insecurity studies have shown the biggest insecurity in women is body image, and the biggest insecurity in men is not being able to provide in the way they want to so when a man is criticized then what happens is he feels like he's not doing enough for you yeah that's not a fun place to be and ladies will say no 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 i'm coaching him men don't want your coaching <laughs> men don't want your coaching and here's what's so cool though when you don't give criticism and instead you substitute it with appreciation All of a sudden, they come around wanting your coaching. Everything starts to shift. They want that counsel when they're not seen as not enough, when they're seen as appreciated for providing or whatever it is. And this doesn't just need to be in financial terms. It can be in any way. It can be just in being a strong, powerful, uh, masculine presence for the kids. It can be any way a man wants to feel like they're providing. Yeah. And If you make him feel that way, He'll light up and be your hero for life. Because remember that men want to be your hero. If you make your partner your hero, you will instantly restore polarity, instantly. And so, Micah, you're nodding a lot here. What's going on in your head?
0: It just makes complete sense. Like there's, there's just it's like such a fine line, but such a big difference in unsolicited advice. And when they actually ask for your opinion, right? Like you're giving them essentially the same information, but it's being received completely different. Cause one in one area, he actually wants to hear it and will receive it. In the other area he's like closed off. Like, don't go there. Like, I don't want to hear this from you. And I can see how that would totally just push a relationship apart and cause so much tension and friction. So it's like, It's just so interesting how all of this makes so much sense. And yet, so like, this is common. This is what happens. So clearly we don't understand it. So this is just solid. I'm super pumped.
2: Amazing. Amazing. And I'm going to show you guys in just a few minutes how to fix it, how to make it all better. Um, The second thing that a feminine energy does to a masculine energy is close off. Is close off. If, and ladies, you know, when you're doing it, it's obvious when you are emotionally closed off, to a masculine energy, it will make him feel so horrible. It will make him feel like the worst thing possible in his life because he wants to provide for you. He wants to make your life amazing. So when you close off emotionally, then it decreases polarity and decreases attraction. And it'd be very easy in this situation to be like, but he does those three things to me. Why would I open up for him? And we'll talk about that more in just a minute. We'll talk about why that's so important that you go first in a minute. Yeah. So and I'm not saying women go first. I'm saying anyone listening to this go first. Right. Okay? And the third thing that a feminine energy does to a masculine energy is control. This is the biggest no-no in the world. <laughs> this will make a man feel like you took a scissors to his little Jimmy's like that's (laughs) what it's going to feel like. (laughs) That's
0: what
2: it's going to feel horrible. The last thing that a man wants is to feel controlled. And it's very easy in an insecure relationship. It's very easy to want to control them, to want to make sure that you are validated, to want to make sure that you feel safe, that you feel heard, that everything's going to be okay, wanting reassurance. So you'll try to control, but all that does is repel him. All that does is make him go put his energy into other things. So if you've noticed that your partner is putting their energy into other things like work or gambling or whatever it is. It's because there's no polarity there. And we'll talk about more of that in a second in the relationship stressors, but this is so important. I was at a a Tony Robbins date with destiny events a couple of years back. And he was going through something similar talking about relationships. And he said something really interesting. He goes, gentlemen in the room, I'm going to say one word and I want your instant gut reaction, your instant response. The second I say this word, whatever comes naturally to you, to you. And he goes to the front of the stage, he puts his arm in the air and he screams the word freedom. And every single man in the room stood up and just roared. Like, it was like this unity of lions. It was insane. And he asked the ladies in the room after that. He's like, "Ladies, how'd that feel?" And they're like, Oh, that was sexy. That was amazing." <laughs> like it was this brotherhood, this bond, and that's how important freedom is to a guy. If they do not feel the ability to be free, they will find it elsewhere. Now, it might be against their values to cheat, which I hope it is against their values to cheat, but that could happen if they don't feel a sense of freedom. And so, when polarity, the reason I spent so much time on this is because these are the things that we actually can do or not do to make that relationship go into a loss of attraction. So the three three C's, criticize, close off, and control. That's what the feminine energy does, the masculine energy that makes the polarity disappear. And when this happens, it goes into what are called the relationship stressors. These stressors, I'm going to go through them relatively quickly because I want to make sure to show you guys how to solve this, but these stressors will make the relationship start to dwindle into roommate territory and eventually divorce or a breakup. And it may be if if it's against your values to get divorced, then you'll just be miserable for years, which isn't what we want. So the five relationship stressors, number one is what we already talked about, lack of polarity. This is the first thing, this is the root. This is what causes it. It's the lack of attraction to your partner. When this happens, it just is a snowball. Okay. If this is not restored, which again, I'll teach you how to do, then it goes in the second relationship stressor, which is emotional stacking. And these are what I call the four, what I don't call, I learned this from Tony Robbins. These are called the four R's. Okay. And the first is resistance. This is where you start to feel that little thing that you should say on the inside, but choose not to. It's like, I really want to say something right now, but you don't. And I know it might be confusing to think of, you know, but you told me not to criticize, right? So why would I say that? There's a way to bring challenges up in a relationship that will be well-received because requests give direction to love, demands stop the flow of love. And we'll talk through that in just a second. So resistance is that inner feeling that something needs to be said. And when that isn't taken care of, it goes to the second R, which is resentment. This is where you start to get a little bit pissy. This is is where you start to feel negative negativity towards your partner on the inside. Maybe you don't say anything, but maybe you're more passive aggressive and maybe you're feeling a little bit less, like not as good as you would like about your partner. That's resentment. That's not a fun place to be. And if that isn't solved, it gets to the third R, which is rejection. And rejection is where you actually say something but it's not done in a way that actually increases or improves the relationship. It's done at a boiling point, the point where you've had enough, you say something and it's actually something that causes uh, even bigger rift in the relationship. It actually makes it worse because when you're focused on rejection when you are living in that state of rejection, what it's saying is I don't approve of you and I judge you. That's what rejection is. And so when we get from resistance to resentment to rejection, Polarity needs to be restored. Otherwise, bad things happen. And it ultimately leads to the fourth R, which is repression. And repression is where you just become numb. You just feel like this is the way it is. And you don't say anything because you think your spouse isn't going to change. And that ultimately leads to three, four, and five. But that's the toxic place to be. Because you'll see when we get to number five in the relationship stressors that this is exactly why it happens okay so we don't want to get to the state the good news is we can solve it but this ultimately leads to the third relationship stressor which is a loss of physical intimacy and i don't just mean sex i also mean holding hands i also mean, also like tickling each other in the kitchen like giving a kiss when they, when you get home from work whatever it is right and yes sex is included in that too like physical connection isn't going to be there as well you'll have a loss of physical intimacy And that is not fun. That is a sign that your relationship is starting to be divided and polarity needs to be restored immediately or else you're going to get to the fourth relationship stressor, which is a loss of commitment, a loss of commitment. This is what I was talking about earlier, where energy is taken elsewhere. Now they might not cheat, but if you notice that your spouse doesn't have to work as much as they do. they do. Sure. Sometimes there's some inner stuff that they have going on that they need to work through. Maybe it's some perfectionist stuff, whatever it is that they need to work through. But a lot of times if your relationship isn't electric or isn't alive, they're going to take it out in in work and put that energy there. They might take it out on gambling or golfing, or they might have a flirtatious relationship with, uh, with a coworker, even if it leads to nothing. But they will take that energy elsewhere. That's the loss of commitment. And it ultimately leads to the fifth relationship stressor. And this is what I was talking about in the repression thing with, you'll notice this start to happen. The fifth relationship stressor is a story of incompatibility. That's where you build up a story in your head that things can't change. That's where you build up a story where you think my partner is just the way they are. Nothing will be different. This is it. I am doomed. And you think that it's just the way it is. And what does this do? It leads to less polarity, which then leads to more emotional stacking more loss of physical intimacy, less commitment, an even bigger story of incompatibility. And it's a downward spiral. Good news though, you can fix it. So now we've gotten the negative stuff out of the way over the last 20 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) One more thing though, before I go into how to fix this, I I know that a lot of people listening to this, they, they want more support in whether it's their business, their career, whatever it is. And this goes hand in hand with what we actually do to cause a lack of spousal support. So just briefly, if you're ever challenged by a lack of spousal support, the first thing that you need to know is that there's probably polarity that's not established and not there. But the second thing is that we actually cause most lack of spousal support without realizing it. And this is super, super important to realize. And not always, there are some times where like, It's just not working out. And if you've gone through and done everything that I talk about towards the end of this this podcast, and after months and months and months of this, nothing has changed, well, then it's a sign that action needs to be taken. Then it's a sign something needs to change. Maybe that's ending the relationship. Maybe that's something more significant, whatever it is. But this, what I'm going to talk about here can fix it. But how do we cause a lack of spousal support? Think about it. Just step into the common sense corner for a second. Like, let's say this is the little common sense corner over here. And we're going to step into that. If you have, let's say, a business and you're just starting off in your business and to build a business, it takes time, right? You need to put intentionality into it. But if you're not disciplined with that time and that time is not communicated to your partner and you're just scrolling on your phone 24-7, even during family time, then they are going to feel a lack of presence from you. And you're likely not getting the results you want in your business yet, especially at the beginning. So then they're seeing less time, less presence, and no results. And then you're probably also complaining about what's not working to your partner. You're probably also saying, this isn't working. That's not working. I'm trying so hard. Why is it working? Oh my gosh, you just feel so defeated. So now your partner who wants to provide for you and wants to be your hero sees you in pain, not present with the family, spending time away, and not getting results. It's not fun we cause that lack of spousal support without realizing it from their perspective. They're going to be like, why would I ever want you to keep doing this? If all it's bringing you is pain, but think about the opposite. If you include them and you're like, Hey, this is our business. This is why I'm doing this. I want to create an amazing life where you can come home or we can take the kids to Disney or whatever it is. I want to do this together. This is our business and I'm going to be disciplined with my business hours from this time to this time. After that, my phone is away and I'm fully engaged with the family. And you actually do the behaviors that you know you're meant to do to build your business. So you start getting a reward. And then instead of complaining, you start celebrating the action that you took and how it's making you feel alive and fulfilled instead of complaining about what's not working. What do you think your partner's going to hear? They're going to hear, wow, they seem to be enjoying this. Keep doing it. Right? Right there in three minutes is the recipe for spousal support. Micah, you're smiling really big right now.
0: This is just so huge. Like, I mean, I hear it all the time from coaches. My spouse just doesn't support me or my spouse won't let me sign up. Like, and, 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 oh my gosh, I just feel like the, the part of me that just kind of wants to be like, well, don't they love you? If this is something you want to do, like if they love you, they should support you. Like that seems logical but it makes sense i can even just see the conversation happening if you go to your spouse and you're like i'm really scared to do this i want to do it but i think i'll i'm afraid of what people will think and i'm afraid and you share with them all of the negative things that are going through your head because that's what we go through as we're starting something new right but if you're taking that to him and then being like okay will you support me <laughs> like no crap they're going to be like why? No, don't do this. I don't like, I don't want to deal with that crap. Once you start, it's only going to get worse, you know? So it's just so interesting because that's something you don't ever think about. Like, well, so we resent our spouse for not supporting us, but then we're taking it. We're like giving them all this garbage and being like, Hey, now be happy for me. Like, like please encourage me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly how it was for JD and I, like when I started coaching he was not on board. He was not supportive. He was a total skeptic. He was not wanting me to do one more thing. I was already a full-time wedding photographer, so busy with the kids. Like he did not want me to do one more thing. But as I started to share the joy it was bringing the, the way it was helping me feel so much better to have a community of women to show up with, the messages I was receiving from my clients who were experiencing wins in their journey. And, and for the first time sticking with things, he was like, okay, this is cool. Mike is happy. She's figuring this out. Like this is bringing her fulfillment. And obviously it took some time for him to like really see the big picture. But for those of you that are in business and wanting support dudes like results, period. They want to see it working. They want to see it paying off. They want to see a paycheck coming into the bank account to know that it's legit. And I don't blame them. So if you are dilly-daddling, kind of dancing around trying to do it, but not really being proactive and not really being disciplined, that is on you. And you cannot blame your spouse for not supporting you when you're not actually doing the things it takes to get results, period. So that's, I mean, that's the easiest way to get spousal support. In my opinion is share the wins, share the joy, like bigger than just a paycheck. Like this is, why is it bringing you joy? Why is it helping you be a better human? Why is it worth showing up for every day? And then number two, show up every day and get the results and be disciplined and figure out how to weave it in because money talks a hundred percent. And they're going to be like, okay, it's legit. I see a paycheck coming in every single week. This is cool. I'm going to support her. I'm going to help take care of the kids for an hour. So she can actually do the stuff that is helping provide for some fun activities for the family or whatever. So I just love it. It's such a simple tweak in like what you share with them, the energy you bring, how you show up, um, and treat it like an actual business and opportunity. And that's all in our control. So we can stop blaming And we can look at how, what we're doing to create that situation and then how we can just kind of tweak it. So this is good. I think lots of people are going to get some nuggets out of that little 10 minute spiel.
2: And (laughs) one last thing about spousal support that I think you mentioned something interesting, like, like my spouse won't let me sign up. That's because you're probably approaching them from a, can I please mindset instead of, Hey, I got to do this for me. Totally. That you ship that everything will change, but How do we gain all this love, this polarity? How do we get it back? When polarity is established, you're not going to have a challenge with spousal support. It's going to be magnetic. It's going to be incredible. So let me dive into that.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's go.
2: Let's go. Amazing. So I'm going to say something controversial that most people aren't going to like. And
0: (laughs) Sometimes we need to hear it.
2: Okay. It only takes one person to heal a relationship, not two. It only takes one person to heal a relationship, not two. Now, please hear me when I say that if this is something where you have consistently made an effort in this way, unapologetically, not expecting change right away, you'll hear me talk about that throughout what I'm going to talk about in a second, but actually giving your heart and soul into everything we're about to talk about, and you do it for months and months and months, then we need to have a discussion. That's a different topic. This is about restoring polarity. It only takes one person to restore it. It does not take two. And it all comes down to energy. Energy. That is it. Because we always are responding to energy. I want you to think about your partner has a record that's playing in their head. And when you walk into the room with the same energy that you've always walked into the room with, they have a pre-programmed response because they assume you're going to be a certain way. And so they respond in the way that you've trained them to respond through showing up a certain way. Now, how they respond is on them, but how you show up is on you. And if you show up in a much different energy, a higher energy, at first, your spouse is going to be like, what are you smoking? But eventually they're going to start to write a, or they're going to start to have a new record that's going to play in their head. And they're going to respond differently. This is in the common sense corner right? When someone is happy, alive, energetic, you tend to respond much more lovingly than if someone is judging or mean, right? So it all comes down to energy. So think about this two people deeply in love, like people that just love each other so much, but they have really crappy energy. How is the relationship going to be? Even if they love each other so much, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. 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 It's going to be boring, going to be a horrible relationship. Two people deeply, deeply, deeply in love. Same two people with average energy. How is the relationship going to be? Meh.
0: i average, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Meh. That's how they're... <laughs> yeah. But two people deeply, deeply, deeply in love with electric energy. Same two people. How is it going to be? It's going to be amazing. Spicy. Spicy. How <laughs> <laughs> And so so we have the same two people, all that changed was the energy, but question, can you influence another person's energy? Of course you can. Here's what most people do though. They have an assumption of how their partner is going to be when they walk into the room. So they tone down their energy because they prejudge the situation. They are reacting to how they assume their partner will be, which then causes their partner to feel like they're being judged, which then causes their partner to lower their energy even more, which causes a lack of polarity. But if you, instead of assuming your partner is going to be a certain way, and instead you see the innocence in them, the beauty in them, you see the, just the amazing person that they are. You married them for a reason. You see that person again, and you walk into the room with a high energy state, like seeing that version of them and not judging how they are, they could have their hand in their pants on the couch and you could still still walk in with a super high energy state. Then how are they going to respond? They're not going to feel judged. One of the biggest things that causes a lack of polarity is judgment, a judgment of your partner. It's impossible to love someone when you're judging them. So if you're judging your partner for their actions or their behavior, even if you say nothing, they feel it. But if you see the innocence in them and the beauty in them and the person that you married, and you walk in with that energy, they will respond differently. And if you don't believe me, think about any time you've been in a situation where you're in a negative state and you show up and someone else is on a, in a high energy state, right? There are people like, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, that I do some training with, with her team. And we'll have calls sometimes where coaches will show up in a lower energy state. And I, I have conditioned and trained myself that no matter what is going on in my life, I show up high energy. And from being in that high energy state, guess what happens to those people's energies? They go up.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: They increase. Same thing will happen with your spouse. And so 95% of success in a relationship is selection. And I don't mean selection of your partner. I mean, selection of the energy you walk into the room with. That's what I mean. 95% of your success in a relationship will be the energy you show up with. And so what I always do is I always set my intention before I walk into the room, right? I, instead of, is this done? Is that done? Is that done? I walk in saying, I'm going to be the most optimistic, grateful, and present dad and spouse that I can possibly be when I leave this office. And I show up with that energy and it elevates my wife and daughter. It makes their life better because I am proactive about taking responsibility for how I feel, not reactive based on how other people feel. I make me happy. No one else. I am responsible for making me happy. And if you take responsibility for your own emotions and show up at the door with a high energy state, you're going to come up with some pretty creative ideas on how to heal that relationship that you didn't otherwise have. And it leads me to one of the biggest mistakes people make in trying to heal a relationship. The biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that people make in trying to heal a relationship is believing that it should be 50 50. It's one of the biggest mistakes and people are listening to this going, what the heck? It's no, true though.
0: That's what I thought.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Cause 50 <laughs> 50, I don't mean divide and conquer. You do the dishes, you put the kid to bed. That's not what I mean. That's smart do that. <laughs> right. What I mean is 50, 50 in terms of energy, what most people do is they have basically a, a mindset like this. I'll give you the love that you want. If you show me the love that I want Yeah. and they withhold it and they keep it, they keep it. And they don't give that love freely because they're not receiving something back. And that just is a downward, 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 downward spiral. 50-50 is a losing proposition. It's 100 And I don't mean, because most people are like, okay, 100-100. No, 100-100 will eventually happen. That's the byproduct of this. One hundred zero 0 expectations. Please write this down. It's my favorite quote of all time. When you trade your expectations for appreciations, your life changes in an instant. It's a Tony Robbins quote. It's my favorite quote of all time and it changes the game. And so, were you gonna say something, Micah? Sorry? No, 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 no. keep going. Awesome, so it's 100 zero expectations because when you have an expectation that they're going to change, then you will withhold love and judge until they change. And if you live that way, it's never gonna heal. But if it's all about giving 100% all of who you are, pouring into the relationship in every way you can, and just doing it not because you want a response, but because it feels good to give, everything shifts. And this is marketing 101, by the way. This is anything in business and relationships. It's the same freaking thing. Yeah. It's marketing because you're giving, 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 giving. So, one of the best ways to heal this is to go back to the beginning. Be a relationship marketer again. In the beginning, think about how you acted. Was it all about, no, you need to do that for me. No, in the beginning, it was all about what you can give. Because please write this down, guys. You do not get married for what you can get. You get married for what you can give. That's why you get married. That's why you get into a relationship. And in the beginning, it was the best example of it. That's why it was so electric in the beginning. That's why there was so much polarity in the beginning. That's why like I would sprint to CVS at two in the morning to buy my wife tampons if she wanted me to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That didn't happen. That's just something that I made up and I've said in this call multiple times and it's just something funny, but like, that's the vibe, right? I do anything for you. In the, in the beginning it's, you want me to take out the trash? Cool. I will gladly skip and take out the trash. And eventually what ends up happening is sweetie, will you take out the trash? What am I your janitor? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what it turns into. But when the mindset is all about giving, giving 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 and that's where you focus all the time the natural byproduct of that is what reciprocity yeah the natural byproduct is they want to give back but it wasn't give so i can get it's give and be open to receiving and this works in your business too Mm -hmm. if you give 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 because the right thing to do and it feels good to serve it will come back and if you do this in a way that they want to be loved, not the way you want to be loved, it makes it so much better. Like I'm a big love languages guy. If you give love in the way that you're that you want to receive it and your partner doesn't receive it that way, not gonna work. <laughs> so give it in the way they want to receive it. But the whole point of this is to give and have zero expectation. A big mistake people make is they expect their partner to be more like them. Your partner isn't supposed to be like you. Polarity literally means the opposite. They're meant to be different. And if you're trying to train them to be like you, then you're training them to not love you as much. <laughs> you're training them to, be, to decrease polarity. So what I want to finish on here is the dimensions of a relationship. And this is the theory behind everything I just shared. Because what we just talked about was how to restore polarity in instant, have a 100 mindset, 100% giving everything you can, zero expectation of anything in return. Raising your energy when you walk into the room, that state is on you. Being a marketer, going back to the beginning, write this quote down. If you treat your partner the same way you did in the beginning, there will never be an end. If you treat your partner the same way you did in the beginning, there will never be an end. And if you love them the way they want to be loved without expecting them to be more like you, all of these are ways to restore polarity in an instant and make your relationship fully alive and electric again. And in the beginning, they might look at you like you're crazy, but they'll probably love it. And if you do this consistently over time, you will notice changes in behavior. But what I want to share with you is what's called the three dimensions of a relationship. And this is the overarching theory behind all of it. A one-dimensional relationship is where you're focused on what you are getting. This is a relationship that's focused on how can I get my needs met? This is where your partner is your puppet. This is where you are doing whatever you can to get your needs met. It is a selfish relationship that will never last. A two-dimensional relationship is a 50-50 relationship. Please write this down. 50-50 is a recipe for roommates. 50-50 is a recipe for roommates. That is a vibe of, I will give love if I'm shown love. That's what 50-50 is. That's a two-dimensional relationship. It's horse trading. It's just this for that. That's what it is. But a three-dimensional relationship, that's where all the magic and relationship exists. A three-dimensional relationship is different because your fulfillment doesn't come from what they give you. It comes from making them feel alive. That is the magic. When your fulfillment in a relationship comes from making your partner feel alive and meeting their needs, then you're not even worried about what you're getting. And again, if you do this over a period of time, 100% all of who you are into this, and you're not getting love in the way you want love, you can communicate that. There's nothing wrong with communicating the way you receive love. But my relationship, the fulfillment that comes in my relationship comes from what I give my wife. Last night, she wasn't feeling well. I chose to stay up and do the late night feeding. I prepped all the bottles for tomorrow, did all the stuff that she normally volunteers to do at night because it felt good to give to her. And that made me feel alive, not because I hope she does more for me later this week, right. because it's felt good to give her more sleep. So have some patience with this. Trust and believe that this is going to work. And trust is a big factor in this. You have to let go. Have to let go of any expectation because all suffering in life comes from expectation. All suffering comes from expecting other people to respond in a certain way or things to go a certain way. Anytime you're upset about anything, it's because you have an expectation that it should be different. And when you appreciate how it is and what you're giving and how you're caring and how you're serving, and you do this consistently, you will feel alive. You will feel electric and it will feel good to give. Please write this down. Give what you want to feel. You wanna feel love? Give it. You wanna feel financially abundant? Give money away. It's a way to feel alive. When you give what you wanna feel, you're gonna feel what you gave. You can have deep love and passion again instead of just love. It just comes from adopting this mindset of allowing uncertainty. Certain relationships are not passionate, uncertainty is where all the passion lies. So you can have both. It's not this or that, it's not this was how it was when we were kids. And we're grown up now, and we can't have that passion again. You can have it now. Apply this; it will change your relationship forever. I promise you, things will never be the same again, and you will be so much more proud of yourself than you've ever been, and more fulfilled than you've ever been, and you will feel a higher self worth than you've ever had. So, I hope this added some nuggets and some value, Micah. I'd love to hear so your so
0: good, yeah. so good. I was just writing all the notes and <laughs> all the things that I want to just remember. I think more than anything else, one, it's so reassuring that literally, and this is what I learned when JD and I went through a really hard struggle a few years ago. When was it back at our seven year mark? So that was six years ago. So it's been a minute, like we had to work through some stuff, but I remember we read this book called his needs, her needs. And in that, that was like Uh, one step deeper than the five love languages. So first I highly recommend if you have not at least done like the five love languages quiz, it's so simple. It walks you through it. You just answer questions and then it lets you know what your love language is and what your spouse is. Because just like Brad was talking about, you can love them how you want to be loved, but if they don't, they don't feel love that way, then they don't feel it. That is like a real thing, Right. So that's super, super important. And, and just identifying that alone will help ignite some of that passion back when they're really, when their love bucket is filling is full, but his needs, her needs taught us. I I walked away from that book feeling like, Holy crap, every relationship can be successful, can be fulfilling, can be like, can be reignited when you are mindful and aware of what your spouse needs and you're actually giving that to them. And obviously it, like Brad was talking about, it does only take one to start the action and to do the things, but obviously it helps when your spouse also is on board to work on the relationship and wants to put in an effort. So JD read it too. We were talking about every single chapter and we were working together And I think as soon as you have that commitment to each other, like, okay, we might be in a funk, we might be in a, in a phase, in a season, but we're in this and like, we're committed. And if we're going to be committed, we might as well enjoy it and have fun along the ride and actually like each other. Like it's worth the effort you guys. So I just hope that some of this kind of brought some awareness around what might be going on some really tangible things of what we can do today to put it in play. And I promise you, if you're feeling discouraged or if you're feeling like, well, gosh, here we go again, I'm going to put effort in and it's not even going to work. And my spouse doesn't even care. And he's not even in it or whatever. Just like Brad was talking about, release that expectation. Just if you want it to work, then just commit to showing up on your end, commit to growing and implementing and loving your spouse the way that they want to be loved. And I just have a really hard time thinking and like that. It won't pay off that they won't eventually respond in a different way because that's just the natural thing of what happens over Valentine's day. It was so funny because it was after your workshop I know that one of JD's top love languages is words of affirmation. He is not a gift guy at all. Like could care less. We don't even do Christmas presents for each other. Like we don't even do things because it just is like zero importance to him. And so for Valentine's Day, I had gotten something for him just really like a date thing that was going to help us like spend more time together and make it fun. But then I'm like, he won't even really care about that that much. I'm like, (laughs) like, that's kind of more for me. And because, because my love language is quality time. I'm like, gosh, I should probably think of silly notes. And so after the workshop, I'm like, well, his, his love language is words of affirmation. So I just decided to do like a heart attack on his bathroom mirror of sticky notes. And I just did it of all the things I love about him, all the things I appreciate. And this is making me emotional, but he walked in. I was doing the dishes (laughs) that morning and he walked in and he was like teary eyed. And he's like, that was the sweetest thing ever. Like that meant the world to me. And it was just so cute. Cause I was like, it literally took me 20 minutes. I mean, 20 minutes I hid in our closet and wrote on the sticky notes and did it after he was in bed. But it was like, that was such a, just an eye opener of like, it doesn't take a lot of effort and a lot of things to love your spouse the way that they want to be loved and holy crap, like just our energy, like the way that we interacted, like everything shifted. And it it's just so cool to see it in play and like, to see it play out because no matter how good things are right now, you're going to kind of get in like these little things and these little dips. And this is the stuff that we can come back to over and over and over and have those conversations with each other and be aware of the things that are going on and those emo, the emotional stacking, the resistance, the resentment, rejection, repression, I'm like, okay, we've been through all of those things. And then we've also been through the stressors, all of those things. And obviously we've bounced back and we're stronger than ever. So it's just so cool because I've seen all of this play out in my own marriage. And I've seen how you can work on it. And I've seen how you can implement it and And what a difference it makes. And so I just hope that everyone listening just found something that they can take away from this because every relationship can work if you both want it to. And it really is just being aware of the things that actually make a difference. So Brad, I'm just super appreciative for you taking the time to pour into our listeners today to share this stuff, because if your relationship sucks, man, life is not that fun and everything else will take a hit. So stop stressing about your business and stop stressing about this. Like if crap has hit the fan at home, fix your home, like fix your relationship, pour into that because that will only benefit every other aspect of your life because it just pours into it. So just super appreciative that you took the time to to give us all this goodness today.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I mean, love is the oxygen of the soul. Like it's what makes you come alive and it's something that I'm super passionate about. and so much fun to, to give to you guys. I'm super excited to, to share in this way. So thank you so much for having me.
0: You're awesome. Kay, you guys, if you found some value out of this, if you had a 15 second nugget that you loved, make sure you tag Brad as well. You guys are really awesome at tagging me. And I love, love, love hearing your takeaways from each episode. Make sure you tag Brad. Where's your, what's your handles? They know.
2: This is my name, Brad Bizjack.
0: Perfect. So tag us both. We want to hear what you found valuable and what is helping you. And if you guys have stories down the road, as you start to implement these things, shoot us both a message, because that is probably the coolest thing about what this is. Like, this is legit. Just value, like take it or leave it. I hope it helps, but getting to get the feedback of like how you're implementing and what a difference it's making and, and the nuggets that is so cool to me. And like, that makes all of this worth it. So I just hope that you guys know how much I appreciate all of you share it. If you have someone, if you have a girlfriend that's struggling, shoot them the episode and be like, girl, just, just listen to this. (laughs) Hopefully this will help, but this is going to, just reignite so many relationships. And that is so cool to think about. So thank you, Brad, for hanging out and you guys, we will see you back here next week. Have a good one.